Welcome to This Is Real Life with Jen Blossom, where we talk all things that make us most uncomfortable. From abuse to addiction and trauma to recovery, nothing is off limits. My guests and I will expose the parts of ourselves that hold the most pain and share the freedom that is possible. This is Real Life. everybody. Welcome. So this is Real Life with Jen. Um, I am going to use this opportunity today because I have some time um, to go over something that I'm calling Trauma 101. I understand that the feelings and the thoughts surrounded by the word trauma aren't always something that we understand. Um, Me, uh, just through my story, I can tell you right now that I didn't even know what I had experienced was considered trauma. I thought that trauma was rape or murder or war. I didn't know that trauma was being parented by an addict or a narcissist or having verbal abuse. I didn't know that neglect was a form of trauma. Um, and again, I'm, I'm going to get into my story at a whole other time, but right now I just want to focus on trauma 101. So if you're looking at continuing to listen to this podcast, you're going to have kind of a basis, um, maybe some information to kind of get you through listening to these stories of these women who have been through and are recovering from tr- specific traumas in their life. So I printed out a little something cause I, like I said, I'm a teacher, so <clears throat> this is what I like to do, but I kind of summed up trauma uh, 101 in a sort of uh, real acronym. So R would be the realization phase, realizing, awakening to the fact that what you have experienced in your life is in fact considered trauma. Trauma is um, by definition injury. And you know, we see trauma as like, you know, you get in a car accident, the car, you can physically see the trauma on the car. You can physically see the trauma of the person that is being rushed to the, um, in the ambulance, to the hospital, to have their bone, you know, put back into place and it is in a sling or whatever. You can see that physically. What we don't see and what is harder for us to take care of is the emotional impact that maybe a physical trauma would have. Um, and a lot of our wounds are a lot of our, our traumas are actually things we cannot see. And so, um, it makes it, it makes it harder for us because we're very visual sorts of beings and we're obviously real ridiculously complex. And so it's hard for us to imagine that a, an emotional wound, something that caused pain in our heart, um, to say it simply could cause major issues in our lives years and years later. I know that for me did not make sense. So the realization stage for me was, Hey, all of these symptoms that I'm having, which for me were major anxiety. My anxiety was considered generalized. It was just all the time. Um, the, the depression, the feeling of hopelessness and loneliness, I, I just assumed were all very normal. Um, So what got me into therapy was finally like a breaking point in my life. There was, I feel like some of us, we we get to this point where it's like, well, it's either left or right because we can't go back and we can't go forward. We've got to figure out a way to either treat this or to go on to the next coping mechanism, addiction, 
um, gambling, sex, drugs, alcohol, whatever it is. So I also was unaware that my emotional pain, which by the way, I didn't want to assume, I, I didn't want any part of, uh, of, I guess I didn't want any part of having to admit that I had any emotional pain growing up. You did not show your emotional pain. You were humiliated because of it. So I didn't want to admit that I even had pain. I thought I was strong and I got this and this and that. And I mean, so for me, this was a real mind fuck because I had to admit that I had gone through something that was traumatic. And especially when you're abusers, they tell you that like, I guess for me, my inner voice from my mother was always, you have no idea how good you have it. And so as a child, you're like, I guess I have it really good. I don't know. Um, abusers typically tend to isolate their victims as well. And so, um, I didn't really have a lot of experience on the outside world. We didn't have a lot of friends and I didn't, I couldn't see what healthy looked like. Now, as an adult, you could kind of see how that would be maladaptive behavior as, as like a grown up, like when you become a mom, because you're like, I don't want to be like that. I don't, there's nothing about me that thinks that's right, but I don't know what to do. So long story short, I'm like backtracking, but I think I started to make the connection in therapy between my physical body and how, if you ask anybody, I was sick a lot. Like I was just always tired, always sick. I had digestive issues, headaches, just all these things. And come to find out a lot of research these days is showing that physical symptoms in your body. Um, there's, there's a book called the body Keeps score. I've mentioned it multiple times, um, on the podcast, but it's basically that your body is holding on to this pain that is unresolved. And we, we don't want to resolve it because we assume that by opening Pandora's box, that things are going to go back to the way they were. Um, and what we're not realizing is that back to the way they were when we were children or when we were victims, um, we're different now than we were then. We have different mechanisms of coping. We, um, we have tools. Um, so we actually can heal, um, which then would heal the parts of our physical body that are also uh, in pain and suffering, um, suffering silently because this is all very unconscious. So I, I took some notes and I just wanted to make sure that I read them just so that I got, I was, I stayed on track a little bit, even though I kind of already got off track, but James S. Gordon, he's a, he's a medical doctor and he's the author of the transformation, discovering wholeness after healing trauma, after healing, after trauma and healing after trauma. Okay. Um, and he says, trauma is going to come get all of us sooner or later. And I, uh, I agree. A lot of people think, oh, well that happened when I was young and therefore it, it, it has no effect on me today. And that is like ignorant. <laughs> I mean, back in the day, I think that we assumed that it was true. Like, oh, we we're just over it. You're not over it. Your body is holding it. Um, these emotions need to come out. Um, and it's hard for them to come out when we suppress them. We don't want to deal. We don't want to deal. We medicate. We we drink. We smoke. We do whatever because we don't want to feel. Because if we really felt, it would hurt so bad. Um, but they will come out. And what I've learned is depending on the time of your life when you had the trauma. So if you encounter trauma at you know between five and seven years old, when you become a parent and your child is between five and seven years old, you're going to get really triggered again. Um because it's unconsciously 
reminding you of when you were five or seven. And it's also interesting as a parent to look back and go, I would never do that. To, look at this five-year-old. What? How could you possibly do that? It brings up a lot because it's unresolved. And as a child, you always assumed that the abuse that was happening to you was because of you. And when you grow up, you realize, wait, that had nothing to do with me. That's freeing. Um, it's hard and it's hard to understand and kind of get through, but it's true. Um, okay. So uh, back to the body keeping score science shows us. Um, and, and I think this has been a topic for a while now, right? Gut health. We're all about gut health. Like what's your, what does your gut tell you? And like, how's your, how's your digestive system? Well, science definitely shows that gut health has an influence on mental health and physical manifestation of pain in parts of the body, autoimmune diseases, uh, exhaustion, they all have direct relationship between a person and unresolved trauma. So if you're suffering from migraines, fibromyalgia, any, uh, any other autoimmune diseases, I would be very interested to see if you had trauma, um, in your life, unresolved trauma in your life. Some, at some point, um, just being aware of that, right. The realization like, Hmm, I wonder if that my parents divorce affected me this way. And my body is in physical pain because of it. We know that the unconscious mind does store trauma and that is how EMDR works as well as hypnotherapy. Um, I'm going to go into EMDR a whole other time because that is a game changer in terms of trauma. Um, but I think the mind body connection is what's kind of on the cusp right now in terms of therapy and um, science and, um, we were talking about how, like in massage, or I was reading about how, like in massage, like sometimes you'll cry or like acupuncture, sometimes you'll cry. You're like, not sad. Like, I don't, you know, um, but it's unconscious. And I was talking to a friend of mine about it. I had this healing massage. Um, it was a really interesting, uh, a really interesting massage and it was very spiritual and interesting. It was very interesting. But what I do know is that the, the healer, when he touched certain parts of my body, my chest, parts of my back, my leg, I, and I, I sobbed. I have never cried so hard in my life. Like almost that like hyperventilating cry, not because I was in like emotional distress, but there was something about it that caused me to cry. And I have to believe, wow, look at that release. There was a lot of like, I don't know, like bottled up angst in there. And he was able to pressure it and kind of make it explode. And I felt so much better. Um, you know, ancient religions have all talked about like, I mean, even the Eastern religions, it's like parts of the body, reflexology, you know, um, on your feet, on your head, where the things meet the chakras and the whole thing. I mean, maybe there is something to all of that. I don't know if that can be scientifically proven, I don't know if it's evidence-based enough to make it to Western culture, but man, if it helps, why wouldn't we do it? Um, okay. So realization, just kind of being able to understand like, Hmm, what I'm currently, this depression, maybe it has something to do with when I was seven, maybe this anxiety that I feel all the time, maybe it has something to do with how I felt when I was 14 or whatever happened to me when I was in high school, whatever it is. Um, 
So that's the realization. Um, Our next letter is E, education. I think at that point is when you start to educate yourself. You start to go, okay, maybe let's see if I can make a connection here. I'm going to start reading books. I'm going to go and maybe listen to podcasts. I'm going to go online and I'm going to read. I'm going to see. For me, the education piece was everything because I intellectualize a lot. I think it's important to learn something and kind of digest it and, and understand it cognitively. I think I, I tried to separate those. I tried to separate my emotion from my cognitive ability a a lot because I couldn't understand. I couldn't understand why someone could be so mean. I couldn't understand these things, um, in my, in my trauma. Um, and so I like to split the two, but if I could bring them together and realize, because through education, you know what you realize? you're not alone. There are millions and millions of other people who have a story just like yours. And that is so amazing. That validation that you feel when you realize that you're not the only one and that you too could live a life without anxiety, without depression. What? That would be crazy. That like pain in your body that you've always had. Wait, there's, it doesn't have to be chronic. What if What if you could live the life you were meant to live if you could treat the trauma? So I um, initially when my therapist said, oh, I I would diagnose you with complex PTSD. And I was like, what the heck? PTSD? That's from like post-traumatic stress disorder. That's from war. Like you get PTSD in war. Like, or like if you were... um, I don't know, in a gang fight or like something crazy. Like I wasn't in anything crazy. Like I wasn't in like a massive earthquake or something. I don't have that. She goes, complex PTSD is when you have these tiny traumas that happen over and over and over. It does the same thing to your brain that one traumatic experience or traumatic season of your life would have. Um, And so for me, I think, I guess I never wanted to see myself as a victim. I thought like victims were um, like little whiny babies. (laughs) And uh, I didn't want to be that. Um, Whiny babies weren't respected. They weren't worthy. Um, This is all my self-talk back then. Um, And so I was like, get over yourself. You're not a victim. Who are you to call yourself a victim? I mean, that was what was told to me as a child. So I just believed it. So when she said CPTSD, CPTSD. TSD, complex post-traumatic stress disorder, started reading about it. Oh my gosh, this is, this is a real thing. It, and that really changed my life to have like a, have like a, a reason why I felt these things. Um, so here's a little bit of information in terms of the education. And I wanted to share this with you. So when you experience trauma, right? So your big traumas like rape or war or murder or something like that, or your little T traumas, you're over and over being, um, you know, verbally abused by an addicted parent who is taking out their anger on you, or maybe it's molestation that happened over and over and over. Maybe it's, um, I don't know, maybe, you know, your dad would come home from work and he'd be so angry and he'd slap you across the face, like multiple, you know, and then you got this, like, you ended up having this like fight or flight. This, this is how your body responds to trauma. And I know that you've learned this because I don't even know, but like in science, you learn fight or flight. Like if an animal is in trouble, it will either freeze. You have to either freeze and act dead or you fight, right? 
And so that's, that's what ends up happening as a child, though. A lot of us that have had, um, trauma as a child, we don't fight. Um, we have no power. We're, we're like this big and our parent is this big or the abuser is big. And so we do the freeze. Um, but if you did go into the fight, what would happen is your heart rate would, um, would intense, would intensify. You, your blood pressure goes higher. Your muscles get super tense. Your digestion stops. Like everything in your body stops. It's like, just get there. It's the adrenaline pumping. And it's like, we're fighting, right? Like it's battle. It's war. Like nothing else matters. Now, if you go to the freeze, we actually tend to detach from our bodies. It's, it's a word that I learned and I realized I was really good at it. I didn't even know I was doing it, but it's called disassociation where you legit dissociation, dissociation. Oh gosh, look that up. Um, and it's, it's, it, I call it numbing out. Like I'll just numb out. If something gets uncomfortable, I numb out. And that's so interesting because there are parts of my childhood that I just don't remember. Like I have consciously, unconsciously, um, not remembered certain things. So that makes it really hard to deal with trauma because you don't have these memories that maybe you would have if you were in like more of the fight stage. So um, the anatomic, the autonomic, listen, I'm not a scientist. I just read. Um, and sometimes my vocabulary is good and sometimes not. So the autonomic nervous system is responsible for the survival mechanism. You guys remember we are animals and we want to survive. So fight or flight. Um, and the survive. Okay. So in your brain, your amygdala, which is responsible for anger, fear, and emotion becomes very active. You are all in, right? But what doesn't end up working very well at that time is the frontal cortex. That part slows down. So your body is not really concerned with like higher functioning, like uh, self-awareness and making good decisions, right? At this point, it's survival. It is fight or flight, right? You are freezing, you are running, or you are fighting. And uh, again, I think that most of us, if we've had childhood trauma, it was more um, the running or the... Uh, the numbing out. So think about this during, um, okay. During fight or flight response, your body also disrupts it's like the hormones that are in your body, like adrenaline, like cortisol, those sorts of things, the brain chemistry and your immune system. So when you're constantly in fight or flight, you're, you're messing up everything about your body. You're messing up your immune system. Interesting. That's why people get sick a lot when they've had trauma unresolved. The other thing we got to remember is that, uh, I guess I'll get there. Um, so it disrupts a lot of these things and the prolonged effects of these things are diseased cells, which cause cancer, which cause chronic pain, which causes your body not to, um, function as it, as it wants to, as it was designed to. So when your trauma is not addressed, the brain continues to remember the event unconsciously and get stuck in the fight or flight stage. So you're not able to use the frontal cortex to, to understand why the trauma happened. It's all just remembering the fight or flight, the moments, the, the pain, the pain point. Um, so if it's not addressed, the event uncon or 
um, the brain continues to remember the event unconsciously and gets stuck in the fight or flight stage. The person behaves in a fight or flight manner because the amygdala is on and the frontal cortex is off. The body feels it as if the trauma is still happening. And the example that I kind of put together for us is if we're sitting there, and this, we do this a lot with meditation, but for all intents and purposes, we're going to talk about a puppy. When you think of a puppy, oh, I think of a puppy and I think how sweet and I get, I get all mushy inside and I, there's something in me that kind of wells up. It's almost like a newborn baby. You, there's this, there's this feeling there, this emotion that comes from the thought of a baby, the thought of a puppy. There's no puppy and there's no baby, but I can get my body to respond because my emotions are, 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 are that big. Does that make any sense? So <clears throat> if you think about something, it influences your emotions and your emotions are not always on track um, because they're not like the brain part of the body. They're not like the, the, the frontal cortex part of the body, but that's how trauma continues to affect you. So the good news is that your brain actually is made to recover from trauma. So um, our bodies weren't made to like live in this like amazing, I mean, thing, like our bodies heal, right? Like our bodies heal. You break a bone, you put it in a cast, you, you treat it correctly and it heals. So our brain is actually made to recover trauma, but you have to treat the trauma. So then I made this other illustration and I'm hoping I can get it right. So it's like getting a cut. Okay. So we're going to, we get a cut on our arm and, you know, we don't really know how to take care of it. We don't really think it's a big deal. It hurts really bad, but we kind of just leave it alone. We don't really wash it. We don't, um, we don't clean it out. Cause we don't know maybe, maybe we're a kid. We don't know any better. And our body is doing what it can, right? So it's trying to keep it, you know, um, from getting infected or, you know, your body's trying, but man, dirt is in there. And at the same time though, your body is trying to scab over. So there's a scab, but may, there might still be an infection underneath. Well, you can't figure out why your arm is still sore. You can't figure it out. You end up getting educated. Well, first of all, you realize the awakening part, which is like, wait, my arm hurts really bad. Maybe it was from like the scratch thing. Let me go educate myself. Um, and then you go to someone who's educated in scratches or cuts and it's, it's, it's a doctor and the doctor goes, Oh girl, there is some infection under there. And now you have a choice. Do you want to cut open your skin and like treat the infection and like get that gunk out? Or do you want to let it be and just like hope for the best? Well, I'm going to tell you right now that you will continue to have issues. That infection will get bigger. It will, it'll cause more issues with your arm the best thing you can do for your future self is to have somebody professionally open the wound, clean it out, and then reset it perfectly with the Band-Aid and the um, whatever, antibiotics and all this stuff. That's like emotional trauma. It needs to be dealt with. Is it going to hurt when you open the wound? Yes, it will. It's not a linear Oh, well in five weeks you should feel better. No, no, it is a mix. It is not easy. It is not one, two, three, a plus B equals C. It is very complex because trauma is so complex, but there's hope because you can recover if you do it correctly in a healthy, safe place. So from that, I went to a, so do you realize it's, I spelled real realization, education, and then a is advocating. So this, this is about advocating for yourself. 
So that looks like giving yourself a voice. And that looks like speaking your truth to a safe person. I don't think all good people are safe people. So I would be very careful who you share with. I would recommend starting off with a trauma therapist, not just any therapist. I'm talking about someone who is trained in trauma. I'm talking about someone who has done extensive research and maybe just maybe has been through trauma themselves because there's something beautiful about sharing traumatic events and traumatic experiences with somebody else who's also gone through it. There's an understanding and a peace and, a, and, and maybe hope that they can offer you. So I would go there. Um, I, I wanted to let you know that something that I wasn't aware of was that I would have emotional and physical flashbacks um, that all of these things that haunted me that I was unconscious of was now coming to the surface unconsciously because my unconscious is now being, you know, brought to life here. And that was really hard. I mean, I would say for a full year of my life, and this was me going to therapy every single day or every, every single week once a week. Um, and this was for an entire year. It was hell on earth. It was hell. It was awful. And then I continued to go for the next half a year, got a little bit better. And then the next, so I'm a kind, I think I'm on year three of my recovery, which started at awakening. Um, and then when I started to advocate for myself and, and seek, seek other people to help me, um, I'm in a completely different spot. I, that's the hope I wanted to share is that you can recover. It sounds ridiculous because you think recovery is for addicts or recovery is for someone who broke their leg and they're going to like physical therapy. Like just because you don't see it doesn't mean that it's not a big deal. And then it doesn't affect your entire being. Um, so I also, yeah, make sure you're sharing your feelings with, with safe people. So in advocating their sharing, there's the um, recovery acts aspect. And when I say that, I, I just wanted you to know that it takes a lot of time and it's not linear again. So EMDR, talk therapy, acupuncture, massage, EFT, meditation, deep breathing, dancing, yoga. You have to find things that bring yourself joy. That is a part of self-care. That is a part of loving yourself and finding yourself worthy enough to care for. Um, the problem is with people like me, I didn't even know what I wanted. I didn't even know what I liked. I didn't know what I didn't like. Um, and that's a part of the self-discovery and the advocating for yourself. The EMDR um, decreases the activity of your amygdala. So during these moments when your therapist walks you through your traumatic events, um, you, you kind of are doing a type of it's eye movement, desensitization, oh, something, darn it. I'm going to, I'm going to be so bummed that I forgot that part right now, but basically for me, you go through the event and you're able to kind of see it through the eyes of an adult. Like you're not so helpless in the event because you can use your frontal cortex to go through the event where when the event was happening, it was just your amygdala. If that makes sense. And anyways, there is tons and tons of research out there that shows that EMDR is, is 
the greatest thing since sliced bread for people recovering from um, traumatic experiences. Um, and then I go to, um, so realization, the awakening, uh, the education, the advocating for yourself and getting your needs met. And then there's the living beyond. So I say living beyond as in now what? And I feel like that's kind of where I'm at. Um, I think the living beyond looks a lot like the advocating stage, uh, except you've got a little bit more knowledge and you've got a little bit more backbone. I think that it looks like creating boundaries uh, with people that you might not have created them with before. Henry Cloud, our, the boundaries guru, he talks about how boundaries are really just, I mean, imagine you're standing on a block. You're, you're literally on the floor and there is a square around you. And the boundary is this you are responsible for your square. You are responsible that for everything that happens in that square. You're also responsible who comes in your square and who, who you need to keep out of your square and whatever happens in your square. So if you invite a toxic person into your square and they create toxic crap, which they always do, you're then responsible for cleaning it up. I am at a place in my life where I don't want to clean up anymore. So if you're not a healthy person and you're bringing toxicity into my life, there's the boundary. Stay in your lane, sister. That's kind of where I'm at, where I'm at. And there's a freedom in knowing that that's not mean. I also grew up thinking that asserting yourself and advocating for yourself was mean. And I highly disagree. I think that not doing that is actually even more mean. Like, at least you know where I stand and it's not mean. It is what it is. And if it's, and if you're not safe, you don't have to be a bad person not to be safe. It doesn't mean that I think that you're bad. That means that you're not safe for me. Um, I also think that recovery looks like recognizing your feelings. So I think I felt these things for a long time, but I didn't even know the word for it. Like, am I feeling irritated? Am I frustrated? Am I tired? Am I exhausted? Am I happy? Am I glad? Am I, um, am I sad? Am I just kind of feeling like all these, there are so many different words for these emotions that we feel. And I was unaware of all of them. So now if I'm feeling something, I go, huh, why am I feeling that? Oh, because you know, your dog just died. Okay. That warrants that sort of, uh, of response, right? Like you should be sad. That makes sense. But sometimes we start to feel these things and like nothing happened. It's just like random. And that is a clue. Hmm. What is going on? Did, did I hear something? Did something remind me of something? Um, all of these things are so important to your own healing because if we can bring them to consciousness, we can deal with them. I wrote a couple more things. One of them is just to give yourself grace. This is not easy, you guys. And I just want to apologize to anybody out there who's been victimized. It should have never happened. It shouldn't have ever happened. And it was not your fault. It was not your fault. The trauma, the, the addiction, the, you know, as a child, whatever happened to you as a child was not your fault. You know what you are responsible for though, is your healing. That's your responsibility. You are now a big kid. Grow up. Do not let the cycle continue because if you do not get help, guess who's going to reap from what you have, have sown your children, 
the people that you meet. They are going to not get the best of you. They're going to get the trauma of you. And that's not fair because you're an adult and you are responsible for your recovery. So I, I'm, it makes me frustrated when people say, oh, but I was, I was abused as a child and I just can't get my shit together. Well, get your shit together. You're grown up now. Okay. There, there's grace for yourself when you're trying. And there is r- the realization that you're losing at life when you're not trying. Like get up, put on your big girl pants, get to therapy, get a credit card and put it on the credit card get a second job. This is important. Okay. I think that you need to reparent yourself when things get hard. Um, Hey Jen, you're doing a good job. I know that was hard for you, but you did it anyways. I'm really proud of you. Jen, get up. Come on. You know, this is the right thing to do. Sometimes you have to tell yourself this. You have to reparent yourself because your parents sucked. If we're talking about child abuse, um, finding things that you enjoy doing and, and scheduling it scheduling time for it. I, I didn't really know this about myself, but I guess I really like hiking. Um, I really like being out in the sun. I didn't know that as a, as a, a safety mechanism, as a comfort, as a defense mechanism, whatever you call it, I would like haul up in my room. I would just stay there for days. Um, it was safer to be in my room than to be out in the house because my parents were so volatile and dang it. I don't, I don't want to be stuck in my room all the time. I want to go out and I want to enjoy. And so I am, and I'm scheduling time for that. And I'm making sure that my husband is aware that that's a need I have and that he can honor me through that. And if your husband or whoever has a hard time with that, you need couples therapy because they have that. That's a part of being in a relationship is honoring each other by meeting each other's needs through whatever means that is while still honoring yours. Um, Yeah. So couples therapy is a big deal too, especially because if you were a victim as a child, you're definitely going to, there's going to be some repeat stuff going on there. If you weren't uh, treated for your trauma, you're going to marry someone or find someone that you either relate to. So you're going to have two lots of trauma-ness, um, which doesn't create for a very healthy relationship, or you're going to find someone that's a lot like your abuser. And that also is not a good way to live in a marriage either. So long story short, this is work. Recovery is work. It is not easy. It is hard, but there is hope. And I believe that we are most fulfilled when we are doing what we were called and made to do in this life. And we cannot do that if we have unresolved trauma. And if you are hearing this, you have been given a gift because you now know there is hope. I want to, my, my whole, my whole purpose in this is to find these women. I'm, I'm speaking to my little girl here. If someone said to me, Hey, Jen, you're amazing. And you deserve to be happy and you deserve to find joy and fulfillment. And that's not bad. It's good. And this is the way that you can do it. I would have hopped on that train years ago, but I didn't know. And you don't know what you don't know. So if you're hearing this, now you know. So I would highly recommend um, continuing to listen to podcasts of encouragement, um, reading books of 
you know, educating yourself, finding somebody that you can talk to who is safe and educated in this matter. All of this should lead to a more productive, more amazing uh, time and experience on this earth. And that's kind of what I'm, I'm ready to do. I've already wasted 30 something years. I'm not going to waste any more time. So with that being said, I hope this was, uh, informational for you. Again, I'm not a therapist. I'm not like this, like super educated doctor person. So please don't, you know, quote me on things. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm sure I misspoke and said certain things that I shouldn't have said or pronounced things in the wrong way. But, um, I hope this spurs a little bit of curiosity in you and you can go do your own research um, and also, you know, if you're feeling like you really need some help, I just want to, this is your nudge, go get it, go get some help. I don't care how much it costs. I don't care how far you have to drive. You'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. So with that being said, I just wanted you to know that I care about you and I love you and I, I hope the best for you. And I hope that this was, I hope that this was meaningful. Um, thanks for listening to trauma 101 with Jen and I'll talk to you guys later. Bye.